1: Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and eleven sixty AM. Queen Elizabeth II was laid to rest today. Windsor Castle, about 500 leaders from all over the world came to pay their respects, along with hundreds of thousands of people mourning her death in the streets. The question then was, what was it about Queen Elizabeth that people admired so much? What was it that had the entire world mourning her passing? Was it the power of her position? Or was it the person and the principles behind the power? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. As we continue to process uh, the final uh, moments with the uh, passing of Queen Elizabeth, we've been taking a reflective tone in terms of what is really behind it all. What is it that really drove that? And as someone who I think captured the essence of that a uh, good friend of the show, Roger Porter, who's an IBM professor of business and government at Harvard University. He also served as the assistant to the president for economic and domestic policy from 1989 to 1993. And, uh, Roger, we appreciate you joining us on this day. And you had some interesting insight in terms of what it was behind uh, the power, the person, the principles that really made Queen Elizabeth such a cultural icon.
0: Uh, well, Boyd, thank you very much for uh, the opportunity to share some thoughts with your uh, listeners. Um, Queen Elizabeth uh, had a remarkable sense of duty. Uh, um, We are all amazed at people who can sustain themselves over an extended period of time. And she served as monarch for over 70 years. And that is awfully long period of time to have a a sense of duty, as she did, to fulfill the many responsibilities that uh, a uh, monarch has. One of those is to meet weekly with the prime minister and uh, often with other officials in the government and to provide them with her counsel. Uh, I'm told by conversing with the people who were part of those briefings that uh, she was Uh, She had read the written materials carefully, asked very good questions, and uh, was quite uh, skilled at conveying her views. At the same time, she established a pattern, which other monarchs have established, and which her son, uh, Charles III, has promised to maintain, that nothing said in those meetings is ever disclosed publicly. And uh, as a result, uh, she was deeply trusted by those advisors, starting with Winston Churchill, uh, the first of the 15 prime ministers that she uh, met with. And uh, as a result, the meetings that they held were ones where she could provide some very useful advice to those in the government, uh, without them feeling any public pressure from uh, her because of uh, the, the privacy and confidentiality of those exchanges. Uh, I
1: think that's such a, an important point that uh, we're, we seem to be lacking so much now. Uh, we, you know, we've talked about it in terms of. You know, the Supreme Court leaking of of, uh, early drafts. We've talked about things. seems like everyone who works in the White House these days, you know, is working on their bestseller. Uh, And so suddenly we have leaders who aren't able to have that kind of conversation, express doubt or fear or frustration or receive really wise counsel from someone else for fear. You know, it's going to be on the the headlines of uh, The New York Times or CNN the following day. Uh, I think there's an important lesson in that in terms of being able to take counsel and to keep confidences. I think uh, that's extraordinary for her to do that from Winston Churchill all the way to Liz Truss.
0: If, if you think about the most important decisions that leaders in government make or that we make in our own individual lives, they're rarely easy decisions. They require a lot of time, care, attention, and deliberation. And we frequently change our minds during the course of thinking about them as we come into to new information. And having those done privately as opposed to publicly provides an opportunity for us to, to do what is often a very useful thing to do in life, which is to change one's mind in view of uh, new information. Yeah. And we ought to make it easier rather than more difficult for people to do that. And she she did that uh, marvelously. Uh, I, I love that.
1: We, we, we may have to have you back and do a full segment on just that. <laughs> We've lost this ability for anyone to, to learn or change their mind. And that's one of the other things that you uh, pointed out in your piece at Deseret.com. Over the weekend, uh, and it's one that I have always appreciated in The Queen, and that is her
0: curiosity,
1: the fact that she genuinely – she was a lifelong learner, and she always wanted to know more.
0: Uh, she she really was, and she loved engaging uh, with officials. One of the people that she really enjoyed engaging with was Nelson Mandela. Mm. She would invite him to uh, to tea every time he was in London. They developed uh, an excellent uh, relationship. <laughs> One of the things that I love the story of Raid, who was uh, who was there when he came in, and he looked at her. Uh, and uh, she, she. By the way, I've seen her twice, and she's an stunningly attractive uh, individual. And he said, "Ma'am, you look fantastic." And she immediately quipped, "Well, you should see my mother," uh, <laughs> and and he he, uh, he had a, a great laugh about that. But um, when I, when I did see her in person, she is she is a she's quite short, but she's an extraordinarily uh, attractive uh, human being, and yet uh, she's just as in, she was just as interested in uh, ideas. Uh, she read widely uh, at her uh, castle in at, at Balmoral in Scotland. Uh, when she had guests she would select uh, books that she thought that they would enjoy to have in the rooms that they were assigned. Mm-hmm. Uh, an extraordinarily thoughtful uh, person, but very interested and eager to engage in the, the people around her with ideas I, I had, to lunch with uh, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Rowan Williams, uh, a number of years ago. And uh, the, since she, she's the defender of the faith and the head of the uh, Episcopal Church and, uh, and the Church of England, uh, she meets with the Archbishop of Canterbury very frequently. And he said that she had a very uh, deep faith and a very interesting and inquiring mind, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it's uh, instructive that she was uh, uh, she was as uh, as deeply religious as she was in her speech to the Commonwealth in 2011. She quoted this uh, Aboriginal proverb uh, that we are all visitors to this time and this place. We're just passing through. Mm-hmm. Our purpose here. Is to observe, to learn, to grow, to love, and then we return home. Mm. And uh, and uh, she selected the music for her funeral. She selected the passages of scripture that would be read. And if you if you uh, were in a position to watch and listen to uh, the funeral uh, that that she carefully planned uh, with her advisors today, uh, it was uh, it was a a religious experience as well as a deeply moving experience for uh, those who were present and able to pay
1: tribute to her. Yeah. that's great insight uh, Roger Porter joining us today and a great piece at Deseret.com. And uh, Roger, just really quickly, uh, what's the one thing maybe kind of under the radar that we all ought to take uh, out of what we've watched and witnessed, uh, not just today at the funeral, but really over the last 10 days, what are
0: the lessons for us? Um, I I think there's a very powerful lesson in that we saw a a nation, literally millions of people, pause during a very challenging time uh, in their life. They've got rampant inflation and the pound is, is at its lowest level in 38 years. But even during difficult times, they pause. To reflect on the things that really do matter most and to think about the long term and to reflect on the duty and the love and the trust that she exhibited to uh, the British and that the British exhibited for her. And I think we need to have those moments in our lives when we think about the things that matter most and not allow them to be at the mercy of the things that matter least.
1: Uh, fantastic insight as always, Roger B. Porter, IBM professor of business and government at Harvard University. Uh, Roger, thank you so much for joining us. Great perspective. I appreciate you coming on.
0: Thank you. Uh,
1: really some uh, great things to think about. I, I am one of those. I, I believe that shared mourning uh, brings people together in ways that you can't do any way else, uh, and I think there were some important lessons out of that, and uh, loved Roger's perspective on all of that. And we're going to continue, of course, as we go through the day today, to reflect on the life and legacy of Queen Elizabeth II. We'll look forward to what King Charles III uh, has on his plate and what the nation of Great Britain has to deal with in the days and months ahead, as well as how that impacts the rest of the Commonwealth and the rest of the world in a very Tricky and very troubling time, uh, but there are lessons starting with trust, starting with respect, starting with being curious about what other people think or why they think that way, and having a sense of duty, not just to self, but to all. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story.